In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 22 to 33. Again, that is Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 22 to 33. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let us all rise in reverence to the word of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with a word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. We are still on our series break. Next Sunday will still be about a February theme, but after that we will continue on John. And uh, we are still within the prologue of John and we will pursue that throughout the year and maybe have uh, some breaks, but mainly preaching on John. The title of today's message is Marriage instructions. Paul wrote the Ephesian church about God's plan to save people by grace through faith and not of works. Is works included or good works? It's a result, but we are not saved by obedience. We are not saved by morality. We are not saved by doing good we are saved by grace through faith. That's why what must we unlock and understand? We must understand the grace of God and we must understand faith. He explained that the Gentiles and Jews form the Church of Christ. It was a big revelation for not only the apostles but the early church that 
the message of Christ was not only for the nation of Israel, not only for Jews, but the Gentiles are also included. Paul also said that they are one body and that body should not be divided, both Jews and Gentiles. He urged them to walk wisely and make the most of every opportunity for the gospel because the days were evil. Paul warned them not to get drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. He would then discuss the role of husband and wife, but he would also discuss the relationship between Christ and His church. The first point, wives submit. And all the husbands say, Amen. <laughs> uh, wives should submit to their husbands as to the Lord, because God has set the husband as head of the wife. That comes with responsibility, by the way, and we will discuss that. As head, it is not a privileged position only. It is a position of high, high responsibility. The illustration is Christ is the head of the church, and then the members are his body. So he will, Paul will connect this as the husband is head and the wife as like his body, he should love his own. Thus the wife should submit as to the Lord. Let's read that again, verses 22 to 24. Paul was speaking to the wives then in the Ephesian church, and this letter was circulated among the different churches, and it has reached us through the New Testament. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Take note, your own husbands, not somebody else's husband. Is that clear? Your own husband. Okay. The next phrase is quite strong, as to the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That is the instruction. Now I know how difficult it is for a lot of us because you say he's nowhere near the Lord. He doesn't act like it, talk like it. As long as he does not make you commit sin. It does not bring it to a level of abuse. Because this can be abused by Christian men. And that should not happen. In the same way later, loving husbands can be abused by manipulative wives. We will deal with that as well. But husbands, make it easier for her by, with all your heart, grow into Christ-likeness. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives Submit in everything to their husbands. Now, when we see these words, all and everything in the Bible, it needs to be qualified. 
And we know in everything does not literally mean everything because if your husband tells you to do something against God's will or against the scriptures, of course you choose God first. In the same way when we were studying John, when the scripture said, in all Judea, or that was in, in, in the synoptics, that all Judea came to John, it's not literally all it's just like how we use some words like all or, as I mentioned, even in Filipino lingo, you come to a place, you look, there were very few people, and you can't call your friend, walang tao dito. But that's not accurate because there were a few people, right? What do you think of them? Animals? No, that's not the point. The point is there's not enough people, but we use metaphors or hyperbole to exaggerate a point. So when you say everything in everything... That's not literally everything, but I would say everything in the sense that everything that is scripturally true. As the church submits to the head, so wives should submit to their husbands. Wives must believe. Okay, wives, please try to believe this. You can do this by the grace of God alone. Must believe. That as she submits, she is also directly submitting and doing it to the Lord. Lord, I'm submitting to my husband because I'm submitting to you. Because if you look at us humans, we are frail and weak. We make mistakes. We commit sin. And if you think about how earthly we are, you will see the imperfection. And then you will affirm, and you should affirm, He is only saved by grace alone. Just like all of us, just like you. Otherwise, well, if you don't do it to the Lord, as to the Lord, it will not be real, genuine in your hearts. You will feel obligated like you were under law, not under grace. Because you would feel you're forced to do it rather than your heart is glad to do it because you're doing it in the name of Jesus Christ, Messiah and Lord. Ladies, when you go home, Lock the door and meditate. Wives, submit. And all the gentlemen once again say, Amen. Praise God. Uh, well, let's go to the next one. Husbands, love. And all the ladies say, Husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church, which is a sacrificial kind of love because we'll read it. It's in Scripture. The explanation is in Scripture. Please do not add any explanation that's not here. If you do that, they are not doing exposition. Exposition is explaining the meaning of the original writers. Before we ask, how does it mean to us today? 
Husbands, love your wives. Now, it's a sacrificial kind of love. And Christ's love, take note, through the word, the word, cleansed the church and prepared her. The purpose is to have a bride that is holy and blameless. And one of the illustrations used in scripture for the church of Christ is the bride. But that's not the only illustration. Okay. The other illustrations is we are an army. The other illustration would be we are an assembly. We are a congregation. Now let's read that. Verses 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What kind of love? It's a love that gave himself up. That's why it's called sacrificial. He died on the cross so he might purchase his beloved. He gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, meaning to set her apart for his purpose, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Now, some of you might think the water here is baptism in water. Now, many Baptists might say that. Oh, we are Baptists. Uh, but it's simply an illustration to show the picture that the word cleanses like water cleanses. Don't add anything to it. And the purpose so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Now Paul used the illustration of the head and the body or the mind and the body, to be more exact, because they are inseparably linked. The mind and the body are linked. As one takes care of his own body, so husbands must take care of their wives. How? It's also in Scripture. How do you take care of the wife as Christ took care of the church? Stick to Scripture. It says, by nourishing and cherishing the body like Christ did the church. Now, I heard a joke from the ladies. It might be funny among ladies, but not too funny among us gentlemen. If you are the head, we are the neck that turns the head. Really funny, okay. But please note that that's just for the sake of laughter. Please do not reason that out in your mind in terms of living as Christ would want us to live. Let us continue on verses 28 to 30. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Imagine the illustration, the head and the body. The husband loves his own body. By loving your wife, you are loving yourself. He who loves his wife loves himself. Gentlemen, this is an important biblical mindset because sometimes we think loving ourselves is being more with our friends 
And there's nothing wrong with having a support group, especially if there are godly Christian men who love and fear God. And that is wonderful. We need that. We love ourselves by engaging in our hobbies when we are bored. And there's nothing wrong with having some hobbies as long as you don't put that first above everything else. But if we want to love ourselves according to scripture is you love your wife. By doing that, you are loving yourself. And that must be a mindset change for every married man. And every man that would be married must have that mindset. Otherwise, it, she will try to submit if she is a godly Christian woman, but you're making it hard for her to submit. Or she will try if she's a godly Christian woman who fears God, who understands she's saved by grace, but she will do her best, yet it is harder for her without the love you express as if she is you. And Paul would relate this to the Genesis mystery of being one flesh. It's not only union in the sexual sense, it is being one flesh, recognizing yourselves as one body. Verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. And keywords, how do you love your wife? It's there, nourish, cherish. Don't use the world's expression of love. There's nothing wrong with, you know, the usual cultural Give her flowers if she likes flowers. But you have to know your wife. Some wives don't like you spending too much on flowers. He said, one is enough. Buy an, a new electric fan, okay? <laughs> if you saved up all the flowers you gave me since we were married, you could have given me a diamond ring by now. Just kidding, all right. No pressure, gentlemen, no pressure. No pressure. Nourish and cherish, and that's what we need to discuss about loving our wives. Because by loving her, nourishing and cherishing her, we are loving ourselves. And again, the illustration, just as Christ does the church, verse 30, because we are members of the body as Christ does it to us, we are members of his body. Now the earthly mindset, worldly mindset, you like him, you like her, get married. This should be part of every marriage, premarital counseling. Every young little girl and young little boy before they are teens must understand this already. Otherwise that empty mind will be influenced by social media. And Netflix, and Apple TV, and Prime Video, and Disney. Did I miss anything else? There's more. It's endless. Streaming videos. Early on, this must be planted, parents. The problem is if you've got a church that acts like the world, Without any understanding, the marriage is a sacred thing. 
That love in God's context, a union in God's context is beyond romantic love. It goes much deeper and higher and wider than that. It speaks of a mystery of Christ's love for the church. That's why I don't like anybody teasing others. Figuratively, I want to hit you on the head. But I must be gracious because maybe I didn't teach this very well. Now, if you've done that, please, not here. When you go home, hit yourself on the head. What should we be promoting? What scripture says, imbibe it. Put it to heart because this is God's design. God's design. Is God the architect of the world? Yes, He is. He is the designer. Is He the designer of marriage? Of course He is. Don't fall in the trap of the world, the trap of your classmates, singles. And the rest of us, please, let us not contribute to the already confused world. You see, my perspective of marriage right now is a bit more modern. I was listening, okay. What do you mean? Well, I don't like to define things. So you're following this. This comes from the West. Most of them comes from the West. You want to follow that? You know that there are more around 50% of them that separate? Go ahead, follow that. You want to follow your own way, you will be lost. That's why we have the word to shed light on the decisions we make. But here's a point where the word must be higher than our emotions. That no matter how strong the feelings, we learn to put the word higher than that. To the point that what? We let the feelings subside and let clarity of the word fill our minds and hearts. Now, to nourish, let's go back, means, the Greek means to take care and to bring up. Bring up. Not put down, bring up. To nourish her. To nourish our wives is to bring her up, not put her down. In what sense? There are many applications of this in terms of experience and knowledge. In terms of inspiring her. But it also means to feed her in the literal sense, to nourish, nourishment. Which implies that husbands should look to the growth of their wives. And therefore, gentlemen, the bar just got higher in our spiritual lives. Now, I'm not putting down the gentlemen here. But you have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That as you begin pursuing Him with all your heart. There's a grace waiting for us. Or it is already there. In Christ, a grace that exists that if you begin to fulfill this role, somehow you grow up quickly, somehow you mature faster, somehow it's a mystery. 
That somebody who is just happy-go-lucky in church, knowing and then suddenly gets into the word, boom. So, ladies, there is hope. Gentlemen, there is hope for us wretched sinners. But if we allow the insecurity to cloud our minds, I'm not like pastor. You ne- no, who told you to be like pastor? You're taught to be what the word says. To allow them to grow and if I were to extend the application, be concerned with every area of her life. So when she tells a story, listen. Listen without the phone. Listen to the story of what she's excited about, what happened. Ask questions. Show you're interested. Pastor, you know that's hard for me. Yeah, pretend at the beginning. (laughs) But as you go on, it will become more natural for you. To cherish means to keep warm. To comfort and listen to this, oh boy, to brood over. That's intimacy. And for married people, after 10 years, 20 years, it is something that many wives look for and say it's missing. The intimacy is no longer there. Because we have this mindset that. As we grow older, we should be less intimate. That is wrong, that is wrong, that is wrong. The longer it is, the better it should become. Like fine wine. Such is Christ's love for the church. Christ causes spiritual growth and gives comfort to his church. Third point, God's design. Paul quotes Genesis about a man leaving his parents so he could be joined to his wife. Then he concludes his discourse with a reminder for husbands to love their wives and the wife should respect the husband. Let's read verses 31 to 33. Therefore, after all the discussion, he quotes Genesis back to the Old Testament source. Therefore, a man shall leave. Gentlemen, leave. What does that mean? We have to grow up to leave mentally, emotionally, financially. Leave. Father and mother. Of course, we... Our family, we still support one another, but at least it should be in your mindset. If you want to get married, prepare. So it is my conviction, well, if you cannot even afford an apartment and pay the bills, put food on the table, you're not ready to have a girlfriend, man. You will, you're just going to highlight your immaturity. 
And that will, be, that will form part of our memory. That the application of that is more closer to what Scripture says rather than, you like her? She likes you, man. You're so weak. Go and ask her to be your girlfriend. Without nothing? Without a change in perspective? Without knowing the responsibility to come? And wives, be careful. Oh, ladies, young ladies, be careful. The Lord would expect you to submit. When you say, it doesn't matter who, as long as I get married. Oh boy, that's when trouble begins. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Again, Paul relating that the man or Christ and his body and the man should love his wife as himself because by loving his wife, he's loving his own body. Verse 32, Paul said, this mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Why? Because Ephesians was about the church. However, Paul had to move to talk about husband and wife. One, I believe, because the church is formed by many couples as well. As well as what? The mystery, the most sacred relationship on earth for believers is husband and wife. That's the most sacred. That's next to God, many preachers say, including me. It's our spouse. That's why it is most sacred. And prayerfully, we do not make a mistake here. That's why Christians react when the idea of marriage is being reconstructed by modern philosophers saying a woman and a woman can get married and a man and a man can get married. Why do we react? Because this is the most sacred relationship, human relationship in Scripture. The highest being with the divine and us, with God himself in us. But the next one is what? Husband and wife. That's why we do not violate that. We do not take that lightly. Now, he's speaking about Christ and the church. But then verse 33, he said, However, he was teaching the Ephesian church of these parallel meanings. And then he ended with what? However, let each one of you love his wife. What does that mean? We discuss in context to nourish and cherish. As himself. Love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Respects. So, ladies. Maybe some of us need an understanding of this. And men as well. What's most important for women is love and security. And that's what scripture is saying. And ladies, you must understand no matter what loving, loving you do without respect, it doesn't mean anything to us. Even if you cook our favorite food or what, if we don't sense the respect, we don't sense your love. Why do men hang out with friends? Because they achieve mutual respect. And sometimes they have to be drunk to do it. 
they have to try to convince one another that I'm good, you know. Yeah, brother, you're good, you're good. <laughs> he likes it there because he feels that affirmation in that respect. Now, although it seems that Paul used Christ and his church as a basis for the instructions to spouses, Paul was also explaining a certain mystery. The mystery is about Christ and his church. Christ is the head and we are the members of his body. And Christ takes care of his body, the church, by nourishing and cherishing the church. And Paul interchanged the discussion of Christ and the church to husbands and wives. Now what do I do, brother, if my husband doesn't follow the Lord? That's next Sunday. Let's quickly review the application. Number one, follow God's design. Therefore, let us follow the divine design for marriage. Scripture clarifies God's design for marriage. However, the application is not so simple. One obstacle is our weaknesses, our human weaknesses. Submission for women sometimes is not easy. In fact, the curse in Genesis chapter 3 is that your desire shall be for your husband. What the Hebrew was saying is, your desire is to be over your husband. You feel the temptation, ladies? It happens when you begin treating your husband like one of the children. Remember, he is your husband and not your child, even if he acts like it. <laughs> Forgive us. Submission for women and uh, the loving part for men. More specifically, nourish and cherish. Not just saying, I love you, or providing money. That is important. That's part of nourishing. Providing if you can. And if she earns more, <laughs> praise God, right? <laughs> Why should you be afraid of that? Praise God. But, wives, even if you earn more, submit to your husbands. Follow God's design without abusing it. Husbands, do not abuse your, do not abuse, submit to me. Wives, do not abuse. Some husbands are so loving and so forgiving. They never raise their voice even one bit and somehow some of us want to manipulate that. And some of you are so good. You know, I'm, go I'm going to do what we agreed on last December. Huh? What did we talk about? He doesn't have an idea. Well, I mentioned that to you. Yeah, but we didn't discuss it. You just mentioned it. Oh, let's discuss it right now. But sorry, I already made my plans. No, that's not all the wives. Okay. But it's just an example of getting what you want through half-truths here and there and getting it. And the loving part for men, because we think we love them, but we don't understand what nourishing and cherishing means. In fact, we should ask him, do we, do you, what may I improve? And both of you should ask one another, how may I improve being a husband for you or a wife for you? And both must be gracious to one another. 
with the aim, if both do their part, praise the Lord, it will grow to be a very good marriage. It's hard if it's only one part. What if it's only one part? That's the part we sacrifice in the name of Christ. Married people apply God's design. That's point number two. Married people apply God's design. Yet by the grace of God, we will grow and learn daily. We should submit to Christ and follow biblical instructions. Regardless of the challenge for some, believing couples should persist in humility to fulfill his design. We should say, I'm not a perfect husband, but I want to learn. You have to say, wives, I'm not a perfect wife, but I want to learn. Let's help one another do this because this is his design. And we trust his will. And this is God's revealed will in scripture. Single people choose wisely. And I don't mean a man named wisely. Some of you men might have the idea, I'll nickname myself wisely. <laughs> so they choose me, okay? For singles praying to get married, take heed of the divine design. Single ladies, do not marry a man who does not understand how Christ loves the church. Do not marry a man who does not understand how Christ loves the church. Because that is the standard of scripture. That's why one of the first questions you should ask if somebody's interested in you, have you read the whole Bible? At least the New Testament. So likewise, single gentlemen do not marry a woman who will not submit as to the Lord. If she does not fear God, she does not love God and His Word. She may outwardly submit to you, but inside, no. So gentlemen, when speaking with building your friendships among the ladies, you try to ask them, you try to say, you know what, it's just amazing, you know. Uh, uh, you know, it's just amazing. And, and this, this, this minor prophet, the book of Zerubbabel, uh, have you heard about that? And when she says, yeah, yeah, stop, because there's no book of Zerubbabel. <laughs> she doesn't know her Bible. <laughs> and if she tries to look at Proverbs for, in the New Testament, again, that's wrong. That's in the Old Testament, not in the New it's not yet time. The greatest preparation is spiritual preparation. It is the Word of God. Do not be influenced or conform to the world. If you follow that, look at, just look at the statistics. But sometimes Christians fall for that. And even within the Christian communities, we think like that rather than thinking about what Scripture says. Then... We rob ourselves of the blessings that God has already laid out for us. Now, can this happen? Can this work? Yes, if married people will both understand and will try by the grace of God. And if the ministries who are single and the youth would understand this and not be in a hurry. 
Because you, you like watching these Korean telenovelas and you wish somebody would say those lines to you. Not seeing you, I feel suffocated and dying. We want to hear that. And some wise guy studied every Korean move and quote and gets her heart but does not know the quotations of scripture, does not know what scripture says. What do you have? Not a man of God, but a man of the world. And the church community, let us keep growing. For some people, husband-wife relationship is hands-off. But that's not what a community is. Community is, hey, let's learn from one another. Let's be inspired by each other in terms of having a better marriage. But if we keep everything quiet, we have to have at least a few we can trust who pray with us. Whom you know will not gossip you as well. We are to remind each other to follow God's design. That means no, no to adultery. Follow God's design for marriage because healthy marriages may lead to healthy families. Yes. No perfect family, but healthy marriages may lead to healthy families. If everyone is helping, even the children helping... But it's not easy for children because they are usually the collateral damage of broken relationships or relationships that are struggling. Parents, do not tell your children the mistakes of your spouse. Not from you. Not from you. Somehow it poisons their mind. And they make your, enemy, your spouse an enemy. And when you need your spouse one day to take care of the children... When you need them to respect his or her authority, they do not because they're having a hard time because you poisoned the mind. If we did this, seek forgiveness from the Lord. And it's not too late. Yung, yung tatay mo. Nanay mo. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, have a growth group who would pray with you and walk with you and find solutions with you. Your therapist should not be your children. And strong Christian families lead to a healthier church. I end this message with a poem entitled, Designer Marriage. God is the architect of it. Wives, he expects you to submit. And please add doses of respect in your behavior circumspect. As to the Lord, submit to him. And not to do so is a sin. The imperfection will test you. By grace, you can make it come true. God, the ultimate designer, husbands, let's watch our behavior. We must imitate Christ himself, not sin, which is about the self. Remember, as Christ loves the church, in his word, best that you research, 
How is it done? Nourish and cherish. Both of which we must establish. For singles, let this be your guide. God's design do not set aside. Not good for you if you do that. Instead, trust his word with your heart. Lord, guide the singles of our church. Give them wisdom as they wait and search. Trusting your plan and purpose and not joining the world's circus. Lord, please bless the married couples. Protect from crises and troubles. Teach us to obey your commands and teach us all to understand. Let us all rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this message, for your word. It is a clear reminder and may it be crystal, crystal clear in our minds and hearts. Lord, we are so imperfect and we have made so many mistakes. Yet your grace abounds, your forgiveness is there. We submit to your word with all our minds, hearts, and strength. Do transform us. May we be a blessing to our spouses, Lord, to our spouse. May husbands be blessings to their wives as loving them, nourishing and cherishing them, and wives submitting to the husband with all respect. In Christ. Bless our church community. And we pray for strong marriages and strong families. And a strong church fulfilling your mission to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Telling the story of your suffering, death, and resurrection and its significance to the sinner. May as couples and families, we make disciples of others in, the, in your name, both in the Philippines and beyond. As couples, may we help build the body of Christ and may we also receive godly counsel from others to build ourselves in you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit, and God's people say, Amen. Amen. Good morning.